Come on in, guys. Hello and welcome back to another season of Survivor with Talking Llama. Survivor 44, Matt and Jared here to try to figure out what just happened in that premiere because that was a big nothing burger of an episode minus the, the injury scares and then Tribal Council happened and that was, I don't even know what the hell we, ju- we just saw. But um, what, before we get into that, that's the meat of it. What were your broad thoughts on the on the premiere? What do you think? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Period. That's my thoughts. Uh, uh, I mean, I I feel like last season brought me back on board, and then this episode happened, and I was like, "Is this the same show that we were watching?" It's just yeah. It there. There's a lot that I that I did not like, and there's a lot that I was just very indifferent about. I'd almost rather hate watch a season than have one where I I just felt so uninvested, like I did with this one. Um, yeah, and I guess like, well, to answer my question, um it is the same show because they took like two minutes to explain to us how survivor worked yes, to start the I, episode. <laughs> let's, let's start at the beginning. Cause I noted that, but before we get an opening shot of Carolyn, Minnesota's own, who I'm not super proud of at this point, um, Minnesota's own Carolyn, like talking to a producer and he's trying to like get her to answer some of the basic question, you know, like, who are you? What are you doing here? All that stuff. And that went for like a minute or two and then just started the show. That yeah. was, that was um, so weird. And I mean, uh, that's, this isn't the point you're making, but I feel like maybe during like the screening, we could have figured out who can give a confessional and who can't. <laughs> I love, I do like when the producer said, this is the easy one. Like, yeah. Um, so I wonder how many of those we get from her. But and then it and then it cuts to, yes, like you said, Jeff welcomes them to the beach to Survivor 44. And then he just explains how the game of Survivor works. (laughs) (laughs) It's even funny hearing you say it. Like, Uh... I'm not I'm not even even joking or. I can't think of the right word, what but or like. You're not being emphasized like over. No, that's, no, no, yeah, that's... That, that'll work. That'll work. Being, being facetious or overemphasizing, exaggerating. That's the word I was trying to think of. That's okay. embarrassing. Okay. Exaggerating what Jeff was saying. He was literally just explaining the basic concept of Survivor. Yeah. It felt mm-hmm. like he was saying, hey, maybe there's some brand new viewers. Let's let's rope them in by giving a to them a nothing segment about the very basic bones of this game that was sure you have two hours not that big of a deal 
in terms of usage of time, but I could think of a thousand things that would have been better, more productive than that. Yeah. I mean, I can't, I, oh gosh, that was a huge waste of time, but like, you know what? I'll just let you keep going and, and I'll jump in where I feel most aggravated. I'm also aggravated by the slow motion that they used. That was so, it was so much like I it was, I know yeah. you're not a big movie guy, which comes up, comes up from time to time, but the director Zack Snyder, a lot of people love his movies. His fans are ride or die fans. More power to him. I'm not usually his biggest his biggest fan, but one thing that he does in every movie is unnecessary extended slow motion, mm-hmm. and it felt like a Zack Snyder moment when they did the slow motion. There have been some episodes in survivor south africa where they'll do slow motion and it's it's okay but this was just like a close-up on bruce's head (laughs) just gushing blood like the the slow motion in the other other series it's usually when someone wins a challenge they'll be throwing they'll be throwing a ball or a bag or something and you see the the motion the arm go back go forward and there's a progression of a movement this is just some dude's bloody head just sitting there. <laughs> and then like, like what are we other doing, people CBS? like yes. Yeah, other people crawling. A slow yeah. motion crawl. I I like we said before and this isn't always necessarily the best compliment, but I appreciated them trying something with the ed- with the different kind of editing, but this was a 0 out of 100. Uh yeah. In successfulness. That was um, just. Whew. I guess I don't have any of my own thoughts uh, <laughs> yet, but man, actually, you know what? Well, I guess. Uh, well, we jumped in. We're kind of talking about the challenge, but do you need to like backtrack at all, or can I? Yeah, let's at least okay. set the stage, get the tribe set. Um, way too many M names this season. There's a Matt, Matthew, and Maddie. Now there's only two of them now, but the two left are Matt and Matthew. Not a fan of that. I feel like there should be a limit on similar names per season. Mm-hmm. Um, but the tribes, Ratu and Orange, Brandon, 29, a security specialist, Jamie, 35, Yogi, and one of the worst players we've ever seen, Kane, 25, law student, Lauren, 31, elementary school teacher, Maddie, 28, charity projects manager, Matthew, 43, barbershop owner. In Soka, we're in green. We have Claire, 25, a tech investor. Danny, 31, a firefighter. Franny, 23, a research coordinator. Heidi, 42, engineering manager. Josh, age 34, surgical podiatrist. Matt, 27, security software engineer. In Tika, we're in purple. Bruce, 45, insurance agent. Carolyn, age 35, drug counselor. Carson, the youngest on the cast, age 20. NASA engineering student, Helen, age 28, product manager, Sarah, 26, management consultant, and Jam Jam, 35, a salon owner. Any comments on the cast to start? Because I uh, wow. am not enthusiastic about this cast. I, I mean, I texted you saying how down I was like half an hour into this thing. And... There are no, like, 
I don't know if Jam Jam is an actual like big character or if he's if he just talks excitedly. He's got the most potential, I think. But nobody, I mean, and Carolyn is like a less fun Nora. Is what it, is what it's is what it feels like. Uh huh. Like a more stressful Nora. Yes, Nora. Nora was very fun. She was a little loose. She was wild. Big Nora fans here. We've said that before. Yeah. I'll say it again. I'm sure. But Carolyn was like all of Nora's pent up, unfocused energy. And a thousand times the stress level, like the internal <laughs> stress level. Yeah. But um, there's no one that that like, oh, I don't like that person or that person stinks or whatever. But I don't really have any connection positively or yeah. negatively to to anybody. No one really popped at all. No, um, no. That was really disappointing. I. So here's my huge mistake I made. You actually made me feel better, though. My huge mistake I made was I got really in the mood to watch Survivor last week, and I just powered through Heroes versus Villains. Okay? Mm-hmm. Never do that before a modern season of Survivor. Terrible idea. The cast was incredible. Uh, they were not obnoxious. They were generally focused. Um, Yeah, I... I mean, and then, of course, like, there's very intentional gameplay throughout the season and stuff. It was pretty much everything that this episode was not. And hearing you say that you are not enthusiastic about the cast uh, makes me feel like I made less of a mistake watching arguably the best season ever before watching this season. So the one the one caveat I will say is... Australian Survivor is in the midst of what is on pace to be like an all-time season of Survivor. Like all iterations considered. Their second okay. season I have is like number four or five all-time. If this current season, funny, funny enough, their hero versus villains keeps up the current pace, it will surpass that season. So we're talking like a top three, four, five season of all of Survivor. And that cast is amazing. The editing, everything about the season is just rules for so many reasons. And it's everything this premiere was not. So I'm maybe a little skewed. I don't think I'm that I'm skewed that much because I've watched seasons concurrently and I've been excited after most of the Survivor premieres last last three seasons, more than you have for sure. But I think actually excited. And I I didn't get that feeling until Final Tribal, but for the reasons that aren't necessarily great. Yeah. Um, I love chaos. I love sloppy play because it's fun to watch that if there's solid play to play off of it and solid characters. If it's just bad players making bad decisions, that goes from very fun off the bat to annoying very quickly so we'll see what happens 12 episodes left we'll see what happens but yeah not the most promising start in my mind no and this isn't necessarily related to the cast but this is like when you get off the boats and just that initial segment i'm i'm so tired of just the relentless excitement that the players have when they get off the boats like we get it i mean you're playing survivor like cool that's that is a big accomplishment i'm sure you are excited to do that 
I don't need to like see your eyes bulging out of your head like at everything that happens in front of you. Like I just play it a little cool, please. I'm I'm getting very, very tired of just that attitude in general. That's like my first thing that really just bugged me. Um that's how you get the airtime though. Oh gosh. I mean, well then it's an editing thing. And then on top of that, like everyone just like having a boner for Jeff Probst when they get there is another thing, which Dude, obviously speaking of, do you doesn't you help? Catch, did you catch yep. the title of the episode? You beat me to it. <laughs> it's like, what what are we trying to do here? I mean, are we are we taking this seriously or like are we just here to replay all of the nostalgic things that we like about the show, which I mean, they've taken most of them out anyway. So, yeah, I'm that whole opening segment like soured me just right off the bat. Um, it was hard for me to get back into it after that point. I don't know that that U.S. Survivor really knows consistently what to do with longer run times. I, I do really like what they've done where they take a two-hour premiere and they still just do one vote. They don't just cram two episodes in because it does give the the tribes room to breathe when you're starting off and you're know, learning who they are and what they're all about. So that part's good. But I just don't feel like... Like Austrian Survivor, for example, every episode is like 50 minutes to 110 minutes, somewhere in that time range. Every single episode, three times a week. It's nonsense. I love it. Um, and when it's run, when it's when it's when it's running hot, every moment feels intentional, even for those that full fifty minutes. There's, you know, there's gonna be a moment here or there where it's just people talking. You know that that's just the nature of the show. But there was so much time in this episode, especially on the beach, it just felt wasted. You had mm-hmm. you had a hundred and twenty minutes to show. Three days. There's plenty that's happening. Like, we'll jump ahead a little bit. They talk about at one point before they open the cages, which I can't wait to hear what about the cages, where someone says, can't remember who it is, didn't mark it down. The cage is on everyone's mind. We never saw that. They find the cage. They ignore the cage until they open the cage. There was nothing in between of saying, we're thinking about this constantly. We're talking about this. Show us that conversation. Yeah, well, I think it was the part between seeing the cage and opening the cage. That was the part that was on everybody's mind, Matt, just in case you didn't catch that. They just completely ignored it. They found it. <laughs> Everyone like, ignored it. That part really bugged but me. But hey, you know there were conversations about it. But hey, my point is now you know about it being on everyone's mind because they told you. Nonsense. And that's all you need. Nonsense. Okay, we'll get into this because I have some more complaints coming up. Yep. Sorry, this, this isn't going to be an overly positive episode. We're going to have fun talking about it because I feel like they're easy things to rip on. Um, but just prepare yourselves for the next 30, 40 minutes, however long. Maybe it'll be like a kind of cathartic um, you know, session for... Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm having a great time yeah. already talking about this. Yeah. But the episode itself is not going to be... There's not going to be a ton of effusive praise coming out of it, at least coming out of my mouth tonight. Um. So we do the new, the the challenge, of course, same as we always do. First tribe to finish gets their their pot, their machete, and their flint. Um, second tribe this time actually gets something, which is a little bit of a change up. 
Um, there's the, the Sweat versus Savvy, which all the players at this point know about that. But the second tribe to finish the challenge gets to then choose between the Sweat or Savvy. The third tribe just get just gets what's left. What did you think of this change? It's, uh, I don't know. I think it's like a minimal change that, yeah, makes a minimal difference. Um, at least as far as my enjoyment of the show goes. Yeah, I, I'm against it. I I think they probably wanted to guarantee they got to show both tasks, that they call them, even though there's challenges. But the only good thing those had going for it the sweat and savvy in my mind before this was you got insight into tribe dynamics right away which one do you want to do who's going to step up and say we should do this or that when when the challenge is chosen who's going to volunteer who's going to sit back you take all that away from one tribe they're forced into a choice already which we say it all the time forcing the players to choose makes the show more interesting Make them make them say A or B, one or two. The more of that, the better. And you you take it away from one tribe, which is just dumb. It's very dumb. Yep. Uh, so the challenge, um, because we get the first medical injury almost right away. It was, I mean, immediately. Just the first thing you do in the challenge, like gash your head open. Yes, it's another movie. Have you seen Heavyweights, Jared? Yes. I okay. Have. So you know when they're the part where they're going, where they're taking they're taking the weights in like the cafeteria. Uh, yeah. And, I and mean, he, calls, and he goes, "Get on the scale, son." He gets he gets on sale. Get off the scale, like <laughs> instantly. Yeah. That's what this was. It was yeah. start the challenge, stop the challenge. It's basically, yep. it's basically what it was. They're going through obstacles to collect some puzzle pieces, and Bruce on on Tika just bashes his head. He has, he has to go <laughs> underneath, um, like a little like wooden structure. Uh, it's funny and because he's okay. Eventually, ultimately, he was okay. He, I, I mean, yeah. There's not a lot of room, but there's plenty of room to stop for like half a second. I, I don't want to blame the guy or bash on him, but this is a completely avoidable injury. Uh, not the most avoidable injury from the episode, but it was avoidable. Yes, but anyway, he he knocks his head hard, and Jeff's like, "You good? I'm good. All right, we're good." And so he's bleeding blood right down the middle of his forehead his own blood his own blood he was bleeding his own blood believe it or not and so they get they get through the the puzzle piece challenge and then they're putting together puzzle and then the, the last piece is you have rings i kind of like this because i just cause I hadn't seen it before the rings are at the bottom of the pole and you gotta throw them up and there's little like holes i guess on the top of the pole so you can't just throw it straight up you've got to get it angled just right, which I'll, I'd love to try that. Cause I think that I think it'd be more difficult than yeah. you think, or at least like throw it with enough power on it to like really get it over. And I, I think wanna, it has to be, yeah. I just want to prove that I would be better than Carolyn at this. I don't think that would be that hard. Yes. I'd hope not. But at some point during that, Bruce kind of just sits down and he's clearly out of it. So Jeff stopped the challenge, brings medical out for the first of like eight times this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, New doctor. I don't think it's Dr. Joe anymore. He probably wouldn't have noticed, but right enough. Well, yeah. also, he didn't say Dr. Joe. It's like he would say Dr. Joe, but he, he comes out, inspects Bruce, quickly kind of gives him a, the okay again. Now, um, which one of the four rounds of applause that he got was your favorite? The third. I think, I think mine was 
mine was probably the fourth because it just made me expect a fifth. But I, it was yeah. a lot. I, I mean, I caught that. Like, yeah, you do the the polite clapping when the guy's okay. But this was like he scored the game winning goal in the Stanley Cup. Like, yeah, they were going for it. Which if there's an if there's just an enthusiastic cast, fine. It just felt forced. Yeah, it, I don't know, it's whatever. like it's early. We have to make sure that everyone knows that we're good people. They're still and, probably running on adrenaline. Yeah. I'll, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt on this one. It was, but it was definitely attention getting with how aggressively and loudly they were like, everyone was clapping. I think it was on my mind too, because it was the same aggressive enthusiasm of when they got to the got location. There. Yeah. Uh, so they give him the all clear. They resume the challenge. I did think it was kind of cool. He let he Jeff let Bruce give him the survivors ready go. That's that's a cool moment for a player to have because you never get that chance. It's kind of cooler in hindsight too, knowing that it's like the only thing he'll ever do on Survivor. Yes, I hadn't considered that, but yes, that's a very good point. Um, so Soka finishes first, and Ratu was way behind, but they finished second because Carolyn Fertika is either is I think first or early doesn't have she's on she's on the pole and cannot get a ring over and you can sub people in and out and they unless you had to sub unless you couldn't sub before one ring was off I didn't hear that being said that's the only logical explanation I can come up with for why they didn't put someone else in because she was horrible she very clearly couldn't do it and they just let her go. And then she's just like sitting there. She's very slowly taking her boots off. Like, what is happening? What is going on right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of a few moments on the show where I asked, I said those three words. What is happening? Yes. Just, just ridiculous. So Tika, uh, Tika loses. They don't get any of their stuff. Or they get, they they get stuck with what's left for the for the two challenges. Um, so starting with Sokka, I'm gonna call him Sokka just because of Avatar. He deserves Smart. it. Yep. Um, they go to their beach. Josh, Franny, and Claire discover locked birdcage with a bag hanging inside. Bring the rest of the tribe over to take a look, and that's it. What did you think of the 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 cage when when it first popped up? Uh, here we go again. Just another stupid new thing that's going to be a part of our lives. It's a good way to put it. Good way to put it. Uh, so Ratu arrives at their camp, and so they have the choice between Sweat and Savvy. For the Sweat, two tribe members collect coconuts and place them in a net. They can pick up one at a time. Must alternate between piles on... I don't think it said how far, they, far apart they were, but far enough we had to drag the net from pile to pile. They have four hours to complete the task. The Savvy is a brain teaser... Also, only two players can participate. They have 15 minutes, and they get one guess. They choose the sweat, and Matthew and Brandon start hauling. What do you think of that? Do you have any thoughts on one versus the other? Uh, usually, I mean, we'd be in favor of the savvy. That that but seems like it's always the way to go. Part part of that though is that the savvy was always a full tribe event. Yep. That you're not yep. isolating anybody. So that if you fail, you fail together for the most yep. part. It definitely, I, I still think 
the two people has more of an impact when it's a challenge that takes such a long time and they can be away from the tribe for such a long time. Yeah. But in this case, um, the one thing that may have scared me away from the savvy would be the 15 minute time limit. Because, like, and you didn't, you didn't know what it was. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The 15 minutes and not knowing what you're getting into could, could be tough. Um, so as, while they're doing the hauling and the other four members also find their cage and also <laughs> choose to leave it alone, choosing to wait for Matthew and Brandon. I do get the one point where I think it was, was Kane said, let's try to gather some food because if they come back from this and we have nothing to show for it, they're going to be pissed. So I, I get, I like that there was some reasoning behind what they like why they were doing what they're doing they didn't just ignore it like the like the like Sokka did um and then we have the the second medical emergency we'll call it Matthew slips he's climbing up a rock why he was I have no idea because he's excited to be there good for him I mean I can't fault his name so I can't go hard, go too hard on him um but yeah real dumb decision so he's climbing a rock in the middle of the ocean it's a rock in water it's gonna be slippery you think you would know that and hard too and hard i'm actually surprised production let him do that yeah that does seem kind of like a lawsuit waiting to happen but i I don't know what kind of waivers they sign yeah or you know what kind of liability cbs has if he were to live i mean he could have died yep like he slips and he kind of he kind (laughs) of just like slides down it's like, but there's nothing but rocks there. Yeah, that I mean, and, I don't know. and probably sharp too. We said yeah. slippery and hard rock, but who knows? I mean, you hit your head wrong. Yeah. So. Yeah, concussion at best if you're lucky, basically. Yeah. But uh, miraculously, he just kind of like slides down. This look at his shoulder, then just pops back in, or so he thinks. So that's good. It's this no, was the uh, no Danny on here. There's villains. Or not Danny, Steph. Yeah. Oh, man. That was... Stephanie. Speaking yeah. of uh, brutal opening challenge. Um, yeah. But that was, was that was actually competition, not, not just someone being done <laughs> on their own. Yeah, but but like um, just from the from Bruce hitting his head on this one and the, the opening challenge, it still does not quite stack up to that one. Um, but yeah, this was... Uh, oh, no. Now I forgot. We got sidetracked. I got thinking about heroes versus villains and and I lost it. Oh, well, I'll think of it. All right. Well, anyway, he starts feeling some burning in his foot because one of his little toes is just bleeding profusely. More blood. Always good. Yep. Yep. Oh, yeah. I, I was going to say that this was the aforementioned um, most preventable injury. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So just, just don't all climb dangerous yep. rocks. Yep. You're good. Um, so one of the doctors comes. They kind of just ignore the toe. It looks like it looks look more to his shoulder. Give him a sling, but he's good to go. Medical emergency averted. Tika, uh, over at the Tika tribe, they're left with the savvy. Uh, so Carson and Jamie are chosen for the brain teaser. They got a spinning ball, another ball inside, a bunch of intersecting pieces. They have to figure out how many rings there are. And they get it right. I don't know if I would have been very good at this. This looked not very fun. Yep. But I feel like it's one if you have the mind for it. Like which seemingly they did, it wouldn't be that difficult. Um, but they get it. So all the tribes have all their stuff. 
And while they're doing the puzzle, what do you know? The rest of the tribe wanders around, finds the cage. And that's, and that's the last we hear of it. Yep. Exciting stuff. Exciting mm-hmm. stuff. And then poor Bruce. He thought he was okay. He just, I don't know what happened here that then led to him just being completely okay. But he just like kind of isolates himself. He's quiet. He kind of sits down. Doctors come and they got taken from the game for further observation. Yeah, it seems that was, like that was kind of scary that there was nothing really like outwardly wrong. They cleared yeah. him once. And now he's just like bad. But luckily, he ended up. He does end up being okay, as Jeff confirms later. But that was just kind of a, a that was a, kind of a scary moment. Well, yeah, the thing that like immediately jumps into my mind is like a football fan is that just just seems like lingering post concussion like symptoms where you just don't feel right in waves and it's going to be maybe a longer recovery process than initially expected. Yeah, but you. Th- I don't know, with how highly Survivor talked about their medical team, you'd think they could have recognized that at first. Yeah, maybe. I'd... <laughs> There's I a know. lot of questions left unanswered. <laughs> so that that brings up an interesting point. Have have has Chris or I discussed with you about Australian Survivor and their like 24 hour medical immunity clause? No. Some a player can be removed from the game for medical purposes for further evaluation for 24 hours and not be eliminated within that time. Okay. So they, they can go out of the game and from that point on they have the full full day. If they go to tribal council, they can't be voted for, which kind of sucks. But the the big thing is that if they're cleared after 24 hours out of the game, they get to come back in. But you said you, they can or cannot they, be they voted cannot for. be voted for. I think that's yeah, I don't like that. Yeah. But but the the bigger picture, what do you think of of having that as a rule? Just the you can go out for further observation because you can't do it on the island, but you might be okay to still play, but you need like an x-ray machine or certain materials you can't keep out there. What do you think of that as like a policy? Yeah, I I think I'm in favor of that. That seems reasonable to me. Okay, I'm just curious. Yeah. I feel like they could have benefited from that here. Either made the call right away or given him something. Like, yeah, it does I seem mean, like a concussion. But if it's not a concussion, could give them something to. Yeah. And I think pulling someone from the show should be like a last resort. Like, that is the thing that you should try to avoid doing at all costs. Yeah. So, yeah, it just seems like that would screw up so many more things than like pulling someone for 18 hours or whatever. Yes. yes. Yeah. But just a quick sidebar there. Um, okay. We get to the first, the moment we've all been waiting for the first journey of the season. Mm, yes. The first of many. Exactly. Uh, so Sarah from Tika, Matt from Saka and Lauren from Ratu all go. And before we get to that, Ratu then starts looking for the key to the cage. Brand, they split up. Brandon finds something in a package, assuming it's the key. Tries to keep it a secret from Maddie, who he was work, walking with. And he realizes she probably saw him, so he shows it to her. And Maddie wants to keep it a secret. And then Brandon just yells out, hey, everybody, found it. And so an immediate distrust between both of them, which is very fun. 
Mm-hmm. Um, before we get to the cage, what do you think of how both of them handled that? Well, I think Maddie definitely handled it better. Like she observed that he probably had it made a mental note. He reveals it to her. She still acts surprised, you know, not trying to be like, oh, yeah, I saw. I saw you had it. Um, And then tries to be reasonable and say, like, look, it's just us two that know about this. Like, we can try and use this to our advantage. And I think all of that was perfectly fine. Brandon, on the other hand, probably, <laughs> probably you know, did the main thing I would never do. And that's just like drawing attention to this thing that you have. And yeah, don't know what the, what the uh, potential benefit of that would be, but he tries to explain that it's, yeah, like building trust in your tribe or something. So once, gosh, I have a couple of thoughts on this just on like the cage overall because he he opens it up with everybody. It has two things, an idol and a fake idol, which sure. Why not? Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think I like the cage and I don't even know if it's better or worse than the beware advantage. Cause at least you can get away with that. But this feels like, production wants public idols like even more so than the beware advantage and yeah th- and that's dumb i it's it's it even says you found a hidden immunity idol it's supposed to be hidden up to the person who finds it as to whether or not they want to tell people about it i the one thing i do like about this is the confusion it it probably has in people is that there's this very public thing. If you find the key, do you then try to like unlock it in secret, replace whatever's in there, relock it, get rid of the key so you're so no one's any the wiser, not knowing if it's like a tribe benefit. Because if you if you open up in secret and it says, Here's here's something for your tribe, go tell them this. And then you have to say, oh, I opens by myself. That's one risk. Or you have what happened with Brandon, where it's like you open up in public in front of everybody when you should have opened it in private. So I do like that there's that kind of decision in at play. But I don't like that it's an idol. Just let people just find idols. How how hard is that? It's so frustrating. That's what I'm gonna go back to it again. Australian Survivor. They're idols, they're just in the jungle. You find it or you don't. It's hey, you found an idol. Tell people if you want to. I don't give a shit. I'm an idol. Yep. Just let them find it. Let it be an idol. There doesn't have to be some contrived gimmick around it. Yeah. And now it's going to be hard to think about every situation that an idol is played. But tell me in general. If you think it's more exciting when someone plays an idol that nobody knows they have or someone plays an idol that everybody knows that they have. Nobody. (laughs) How do they not like 
do they not get that or do they just think that it's better tell i have no idea like I, I don't know what the logic is i feel like this situation especially on small tribes will lead to one of two scenarios most of the time one whoever finds it just plays it right away public idol i don't know if i'm at risk but just to clear the air i'm gonna play it first tribal council be done with it which is very stupid there's no point to the idol at that point or that person just has implicit immunity because six people, you can't effectively split the vote, especially if people are going to randomly play shots in the dark for no reason at all. I've never seen and, that. And so that, so they're going to be scared to vote for that person because they have an idol. You can't, there's, you can't do a backup plan unless there's a very like obvious four two majority. It, it's too risky to, to split the vote. So that person just skates by because people are too scared or they play it once and it's just, it's boring either way. It's just two different borings, but boring either way. Yeah. I I think best case scenario is that the person opens the cage, like one person opens the cage in private and then everyone goes back the next day to see that it's empty and you wonder what it was and who has it. That's that's the best case I can think of. That or someone replaces it, relock like puts like rocks in it, relocks the the cage, gets rid of the key, and just nobody finds it. Yeah. Like like when Parvati threw her, her idol in the ocean, supposedly in Heroes vs. Villains. Um, or is it is that fans versus favorites? Um, either way, yeah, it's not heroes versus villains. I think it's Micronesia then. Just toss in the ocean, toss that key in the ocean. No one's ever going to unlock it. People are going to be frustrated because this then still the doubt's going to be sown is maybe someone found it and relocked it. Either one of those infinitely more entertaining than what happened tonight. Yep. Now we'll see what the other two tribes do because as far as we have seen, no one's found the key yet. So we'll see what they do, but. I don't have high don't have high hopes. Yeah. Here's the other thing I hate about this too. There because it seems like this is going to be the same on every tribe, even if just one tribe in the whole season figures out what is in there, it pretty much tells you everyone who has an idol in the game and that this is what the fake idol looks like. So the fake idol is useless too. Yeah, the the fake idol is. Did I didn't get a good look? Could you tell was the fake idol the same as the idol? Like, I didn't in appearance? look close enough. Yeah, because that that would be one thing where if you do get some intermingling on tribes that you could do something with the fake if all six or are, are identical, but if each one is unique. And you can tell which one is which. Stupid. I don't. I don't know. The, the giving them a fake idol. I don't really see the point of it. Well, there's a point if nobody knows who has it and that it's fake. Like, yeah, it it could work. I mean, if it's better, if it's like exponentially better 
than a fake idol you could make on your own, then I could see what they think the point would be. Do you think they, they paid Bob Crowley to make these fakes? <laughs> I don't know if it'd be that good. <laughs> I mean, Bob, he's a legend. Another another Aussie point. There's a an amazing storyline surrounding a fake idol on this current season. Okay. Yeah. That is just it's it's extended, it's long, it's multiple episodes. Oh, it's huge payoff. It's incredible. Just um, so our masses of uh listeners know, I'm I've committed to watching Australian Survivor once this season is over. So good. Yeah. Good, um, good, good. That's where we're can't, at. Can't wait to bring that down. It's it'll be a breath of fresh air for you. So on to the journey, because this is always exciting. Uh, they walk through the jungle and take the opportunity to get to know each other. Although in previous seasons, that actually served a purpose. Because your decisions could be affected by their decisions. In this case, not even a little bit. 0% effective of what the other players do. Each player gets to a, their own separate station and they have a decision to make. They're presented with a bag. Within each bag is three pieces of paper. Two say you lost your vote. One is a secret advantage. You must draw once. If you draw and lose a vote, you can draw again to try to get the advantage. Or you will draw and you lose both votes or two votes. So two consecutive tribal councils, you cannot vote. If you draw the advantage on the first draw, then you're just done. You have the advantage. Um. What do you think? I mean, one, make make them consider what the other players will do. That yeah. makes it way more. I mean, it's not great. It's not great. It's way better than this, though. Yeah, it's like we we don't even need to send everyone together if we're doing it this way. Just like pull them out one by one and have them draw. Yeah. What do you think of forcing them to draw? I, you know, the bar has been set so low. I, it doesn't even, it didn't really even occur to me. Yeah. The, the journey, I don't know how much longer this, this can last. We talked about, talked about this before. We, the fans, bullied Jeff to stop the edge of extinction. We can bully him to stop the journeys. Yes. If there's one thing that we want people to take away from this is that bullying always works. <laughs> Just bully the rich and powerful. <laughs> because they can take it. And Jeff yep. will occasionally acquiesce, as we've learned. Um, but yeah, this was this was a dud. Um Lauren draws a lose, then draws again and picks an advantage. It's a new one called the inheritance advantage. Um, or is this Sarah that got this? Sarah got this, I think. Yep. 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 Sarah draws the inheritance advantage, which at any tribal council. She can play it, and she will inherit any idols or advantages that were played at that tribal council, which is dumb. Seems like a lot to me. Really not a fan of this. One, they're going back to what they did in 41, where they don't explain how these work. Like, it sounded like she plays it after anything's been played. So it's not like she plays it in anticipation what will be played, which would show a little more skill because they have to read out what's happening, but also a huge crapshoot. But on the flip side, 
you wait till it's done, you know what you're getting. So you just wait till the most OP travel council and you just get everything they have. But again, how often are there like multiple things played? Well, this is this might be another thing. Maybe they explain this, but like, do you openly play it? That was after- going to be my, my next point is if two people play an idol and one person plays a steal of vote or whatever it might be, and then you play it, do you, do you do it like, hey, Jeff, I'm playing this? Or do you put it like in the urn? Or no, because you have to. And again, if you wait till they play it, you kind of have to publicly do it. Unless you this... like hand, unless you just like signal to Jeff that you're going to play it without. I don't know. I feel like that is not an option. That can't, that can't um, be. That can't be. Yeah. Talking this out, I think the most likely possibility is that you put it in the urn not knowing what will be played. Yeah, but that's... I mean, I hate it either way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we don't even really need to talk about it because we have no idea how it works. We'll find out. Maybe. We'll see. Um, but cause let's just say you you play it afterwards. You have to do it publicly, it seems like. Everyone's going to know, oh, hey, Sarah has two idols and <laughs> an extra vote now. We're just gonna keep voting for her until she is out of idols or doesn't play that, so she's gone because that's too much. That's ridiculous. Or you play it in secret, and I would think more than likely you get nothing. Yep. I think at best you get one thing. If you if you know someone has an idol and you know they're a target, but even still. If they don't know their target or if they're not smart enough to play it, we'll see, obviously. But as is the theme, not holding on too much hope for that one. Uh, Matt draws a no vote and then a no vote. So he's screwed. Lauren on the first draw draws. I do like how it was a different advantage. I do appreciate that. So good job, Survivor. Did one thing right. It's called the bank your vote advantage, which allows you to not vote at tribal council in exchange for banking that extra vote and a future tribal council. Which, okay, cool. Again, the better thing is that it was different than than the others, which now makes me very curious what the third one would have been. Probably probably the only good one that we'll never see now. Yeah, I, I actually like the second one a lot more than the first one. Like, yeah. that actually requires a bit of strategy and thinking ahead. Yes which we'll discuss if that was used properly or not, because it was already used. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So back at the beaches, um, Matt tells his tribe most of the truth. He tells him he lost one vote and showed them the first piece of paper, but does not tell them about the second one. Uh, and Ratu, Lauren does the same as Matt, tells, you know, kind of telling the half truth. Actually, no. She completely lies. So, oh, originally I thought she lost a vote, but also got the advantage. And then I 
realize the advantage wiped out that first lost vote. Um, so she just tells him that she lost the vote, but didn't show them anything, which comes into play later in the part that I actually did like. And then at Tika, Sarah just says it was not revealed yet who got what. You find out at Tribal Council, which I like, which is a believable lie. Yeah, and... there's like three players that have, well, well, maybe a small handful of players that have separated themselves as like the competent of the group. And I feel like Sarah was one of those. Sarah was, I have, I have two and a half players that, <laughs> okay. um, and one I, I can, I, I can be easily influenced to go down to an even two. Okay, should we just, we'll discuss at the end, maybe. Yes. Um, Immunity challenge, this is where Jeff confirms Bruce is doing just fine. He's out of the woods, but Tika, you're still down a player. Um, So you got to push a boat out into the water, paddle around a buoy, get out of the boat, move a heavy chest to the shore, drag it on on a track, open the chest, massive slide puzzle, which the slide puzzle looked freaking brutal, which, had you done a slide puzzle? Nope. So when you do it, and you've seen it on the show, it's just constantly just unless you unless you're Christian and you know how to actually like do it, you just slap. You just move things around until they fit. This puzzle, I mean, it took multiple people to move a single piece. This screw this screw this look mm-hmm. just absolutely miserable. Yep, miserable to the point that Brandon basically collapses during the challenge, has to sit out. Medical pulls him from the challenge to recover, not from the game, just from the challenge. Mm-hmm. But then the challenge resumes without him. He so, did get a round of applause also. His due applause. So, of course, of course, um, Ratu loses. You have your strongest, strongest player who can't help move these heavy pieces. You're going to lose. Sokka finishes first. Tika then takes second. But the most interesting part of the challenge and a part that I very much liked. Mm-hmm. So Claire and Matthew are sitting out. And during the challenge, Claire very astutely decides to ask Matthew what happened when your, when your person came back from the journey. And, and uh, Matthew says, this was Lauren said that she lost her. She said she lost her vote, but we didn't see anything. So we didn't know what happened. Claire says that Matt showed them the piece of paper that says no vote. So now Matthew's got a little bit of distrust in in Lauren, might have a future ally in Claire. I love, love what Claire did there. Yep. Just using your time much more wisely than Survivor Production used their time today. That was like capitalizing on an opportunity that you probably didn't even know you'd have going into the challenge. It, it took a player being medically evacuated within the first day of the game to bring that up and she just just took it i love it i I love that kind of game savvy yep definitely uh biggest and best strategic play uh of the game so far and that's not saying much for this episode but i i do think in most premieres that would be the best and biggest strategic play yep of, of any first or early season movement even um so back at the at the pre-tribal, um, a little scrambling, Matthew tells Brandon what he learned from Claire at the challenge, putting Lauren in the crossfires. Uh, but Maddie is worried about Brandon. 
he's got an idol. Everyone knows about it. And with the way it went down with her being together, when he found it, she rightly doesn't think she can trust Brandon. So she wants to get him out of there, which is a is a good instinct. If you know you can't trust someone, go for him. Target him. Um, but the tricky thing, of course, he's got his idol. Will he be dumb enough, dumb enough not to play it on the first vote when everyone knows about it? Um, so they're hoping they can maybe have one shot to blindside him, that he might try to snake through one vote but without using it. Um, and then Jamie, Jamie pops up, says uh, she might play her shot in the dark. Now, to be fair, at this point, Gabler, who won season 43, said the same thing. Now, he was talked out of it eventually, so there's a big difference there. Um, but Jamie's talking about using her shot in the dark. Also doesn't understand how it works. She says, wait, if I put my shot in the dark, I can't vote, right? And the looks that she got were incredible. Because there's like, what? what? No, you can't vote. Why even consider shot in the dark? No one has even said your name. Not even in the sense of, Jamie, you're not the vote. Your name has literally not even been spoken. Yep. And I, she's talking about how paranoid she is, how quickly the game moves. Like, yeah. If, oh, like, don't put your worry, your nervousness out there. All it does is give people reason to either vote you out now or string you along and but not trust you and cut bait as soon as they can. Well, if she, first off, doesn't know how the shot in the dark works, and second, thinks this might be a good time to use the shot in the dark, then I would guess she also doesn't know it's not a good idea to put your nervous energy out there. Correct. But the one the one thing she said at Tribal is may is one of the stupidest things <laughs> that uh, people, I, I, someone has ever said. It it was astonishing. I actually wanted to make sure that I did not laugh when you just casually slipped in jamie this profession and also one of the worst players we've ever seen when you were going over the players at the beginning i just wanted to let that i just wanted to let that breathe and um i mean i don't disagree this this was astonishing what she ended up doing um but then maddie keeps pushing for brandon she's talking to matthew and kane they kind of appeared maybe take it to heart you know we'll see but also, could just, could just be the editing. But in any event, there are legitimate reasons to vote out Maddie, Lauren, and Brandon. And Jamie, to be honest. Um, so. And, and Matthew. Because oh, oh, he's hurt? Yeah. Like, there's, there's a lot of options here. I actually thought when all this was going down, like, when they were talking about voting Brandon out, but being like, yeah, well, he has an idol. I was like, well, if him and Matthew are aligned... Couldn't you just get four people together and split between like the guy with the idol and the injured guy? Yeah, but, you don't have many, you don't have many chances to split votes in these small tribes. Yeah, little but, maybe ahead of the uh, above the skill level, ahead of, <laughs> of the curve here. <laughs> um, so prior to the vote, Jamie announces she's going to play her shot in the dark, and what her reasoning being this was. I had to listen to this twice because I could not, I had to make sure I heard it correctly. She said, if everyone is doing what they told her they were doing, her vote won't matter. If everyone is doing what they told you they're doing, 
then you don't need to waste your chance your chance at safety by playing your shot in the dark. Yeah, it's like she thinks of the shot in the dark as like a mandatory one time you can't vote. Which, to be fair, that's how it's worked so far in all the seasons. Like, we've never seen it actually work, so it has just been wasting a vote. But, like, that just seems like she's like, I'll pick the I'll pick the time where I'll need my vote the least to use it, and then I'll get it over with. Yeah, wait till your vote doesn't matter because you're the target and you're overwhelmingly in the minority, and then play your shot in the dark. Because if you vote, if you vote one to to five, it won't matter. If you vote zero to five, but you're safe, it matters. Here, it makes no difference. I so I love that she was yeah. safe because why not have the first time the shot in the dark works be completely pointless? <laughs> yeah, that's a good legacy to leave her shot in the dark. Can we get rid of it now? No, because now that it worked once, Jeff probably loves it now. I it was, it was a moment, Jared. Oh, it was a TV moment. I remember that just the drama that he read the word safe. Wow. Gosh, changed the game. That was that was terrific. Just like what is it? I was so confused. I'm I'm still confused about the whole thing. So Lauren also chooses not to vote, banking her vote for the future. And then Matthew also plays his shot in the dark. He's not safe. So there are only three votes that can, that were cast. What Two did we the, think? First off, uh, what did we think of Matthew playing his, or are we going to get to that in a second? We'll get to that in a second. Okay. I see a, a reason for him that I am okay with. Um, so three votes were cast. Two of them for Brandon, but he played as idol because duh. And so only his vote matters. And he sends Maddie out of the game. Which makes sense. I, I I liked Maddie. I thought I thought like if nothing else, it showed good instincts to know that Brandon couldn't be trusted. They couldn't work together, so go after him. That maybe there was some room there for her to, to be a good player. Um, but again, speculation. But was she the uh one half of a competent player that you were thinking? No. Brandon would... Brandon okay. was the half, but only because he knew to play as idol. But I don't know if he was like, I'm the target, I'm going to play my idol, or everyone knows I have this, so I'm going to play my idol. Yeah, I would say Maddie actually played more competently than Brandon played. That's fair. But no, my two were, were Claire and Sarah. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's that's reasonable. I'll throw a, I'll throw a cane in there, too. Um, just, uh, he seemed like he was a logical thinker. And, you know, on this season, that'll put you in a tier above most people. Yeah, I got, I got good vibes from Kane. It was, but it was more so for me, just just vibes that he just like seemed like he knew what he was doing. Yeah. yeah. He didn't, and he's maybe kind of screwed now, too. Because every, uh, I mean, yeah, potentially, explain, please. I mean, he's in, he could be in a tough spot because everyone basically turned on on Brandon, except for Matthew didn't vote. Lauren didn't vote. Jamie didn't vote. Maddie voted for Brandon, but she's gone. Mm-hmm. So Kane's kind of in Brandon's line of fire, potentially. Now, maybe it is an easy 4-2 against Matthew and Brandon, or even 5-1, or 4-1, or even 3-2 or 4-1 against Brandon or Brandon and Matthew. But 
if anyone's catching heat back at camp, it's Kane's the only one who who can who can do it. Basically, there there might be some wiggle room. Like if he knew, depending on what he knew going in, if he knew there were four votes going Brandon's way or three votes, but then he could have because you don't want to make it three three necessarily. If if he's got some savvy, he could maybe explain it away. It's gonna be tough, but again, he may not need to at this point. Um, yeah, yeah. You know what? Like, what? How do I even ask this question? Should he have just voted? Like, should he have known to vote for Maddie? I feel like that's actually a thing. Yeah, that's a good point. Um. Okay, he's not on my competent list anymore. He should like obviously that's who Brandon was going to vote for. And if you think that people are like not playing their stuff, then yeah. But I suppose In, unless he thought that Matthew and Brandon were going to vote for Lauren because of what Matthew said. Yeah, maybe. But then he still could have just voted for Lauren with them. Yeah. Interesting. Oh well. I like his personality, so I'm gonna give him a I'm gonna give him a chance. But I think it was it's very risky to vote to actually vote for Brandon in that scenario. Yeah. Especially if you know Jamie's considering playing her shot in the dark, unless you just thought there's no way she's gonna do that, because why would someone be incompetent enough to do that? They wouldn't know that Lauren was gonna not vote. But yeah, I feel like Kane should have either voted for Maddie or or Lauren. Yeah, that seems like it would have been the uh, the correct play now, hindsight. Yeah, but for for Matthew, um, I do have one one thought that I've come up with as to why he maybe could have or why playing a shot in the dark wasn't a bad move. I actually had a thought too. Okay, go for it. Um, I feel like it's not the same thought though. I, I was like, well, maybe he knew Brandon was going to play his and all the votes were going on Brandon. And he's just like, you know what? Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put myself at risk of like, just getting one vote put on me and going home. I have that plus he has no blood in his hands in, from in Brandon's eyes that he kind of has. Yeah, that's even better. He, yeah. he kind of has both sides. He's like, if Brandon plays his idol and you people are voting for him, why risk having that blowback on me if my one vote won't change anything? In this case, the vote wouldn't matter in, in Jamie's line of thinking, and it'd be, it'd be smart. Um, but no one was voting for for Jamie, obviously. So he has that safety. Plus, he didn't vote for Brandon, so he's got that to fall back on. I think if you combine the two, um, that's in in acceptable reasoning for me for playing it so early. Yeah, watch us now start next week's episode with him being like, yeah, I just played mine because my shoulder was hurt. I thought I might be getting votes. <laughs> well, as long as he has the addendum of, and if Brandon played his idol, it could have been me. That That's kind of the key. 
he's got to have the full the yeah. full thoughts there. Um, but this tribal council was just was just nuts. But oh, what do you think of Lauren using her advantage? Uh, yeah i I think it's the right time to do it. I mean, if you think all the votes are going on one person, like, sure. Yeah. Although now they're just they're technically just back to even, depending on how the numbers break down in terms of votes. Because uh, she was talking, they're basically talking about like a, a guys versus girls, and if if that's how it comes back, it's three three still. Um, but no idol for Brandon, or they have the the clear advantage now, depending on how on how they split. Yeah, I guess that didn't really occur to me. I was just thinking of it more individually, like when would be the best time for me to not cast my vote and just collect this other one. But the other thing is, you saw people get confused over how there are only three votes. Yeah. She's going to be the obvious person to ask about, hey, we know, we know, we know what Brandon's vote was. We know why we know Jamie and Matthew didn't vote. But didn't she tell them she lost her vote? Oh, she did. She did. Again, how did I get Sarah and Lauren confused so easily? But be, it's because like, they still were shocked when Jeff stopped reading the votes. Which yeah, is that, like... That's what it was. Some, yeah. They showed someone's face who was like, and the first person voted out with, only, you know, with the only vote. If you believed her that she lost her vote, there should have only been three votes. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so I think she made the right play. Uh, okay, that whoever they showed with that look, they completely threw me off because, yeah, obviously they thought she was going to not vote. So there shouldn't have been more votes than that. Unless it was just surprised that someone was going to go home 1-0. What are the odds the next four tribal councils are all this tribe? I don't know. I feel like the odds are pretty good that Sokka can just like run the table pre-merge because they seem competent in all facets of the game, at least mm-hmm. in the challenges, because no one on their tribe <laughs> may have fooled themselves in any way. Is just an obvious liability. Yes, and that's why to my next next um, last part of the episode here is winner picks. My winner pick is coming from Saka because they're going to have the numbers going into the merge by all accounts. So I'm just going to pick someone from that tribe, and I'm going to pick the player who made the best move of the of the episode, Claire. Okay, that's fair. Um, probably pretty good pick. I oh man, Franny and Matt have a little alliance going. Um, yeah, I like those two together. Kind of like that. Uh, what did Heidi do? She did something today. Heidi. Did she start the fire? She started the fire. Um, maybe she'll be. She might be just a little much. Uh, I feel like she's going to draw a lot of attention to herself throughout this thing. She did talk about how she feels she's always underestimated and therefore always wants to prove herself, which isn't necessarily the best way to go about things 
Yeah, maybe I'll stay away from her. I'll go with uh, I'll go with Franny. I like her. Again, didn't really do anything, but again, we didn't see a lot from that tribe because they they won both challenges. Um, but if we're talking vibes, I liked I liked what I saw from her. Um, Kane, I, I like what I saw from Kane, but again, it could just be seems like a cool guy, maybe, and we'll see about about gameplay. Um, Sarah, I think could be good. Uh, who else? Yeah, I mean, but again, as far as characters, again, nobody really stuck out. Carolyn for like the bad reasons, but you know, and we'll see. I we'll see. I think yeah, I think but, there are a lot of misses. Yeah, a lot this, of misses. This does not seem to be the most dynamic cast. Um, but it was only one two-hour episode. Not that they had plenty of time to showcase some personalities, huh? Not yet. Unless Let's unless everyone that. who's fun is on is on Sokka. And we just need them to lose to actually actually see them in action. Let's also tell ourselves that. <laughs> Which, if we're right, means we won't see anything fun until the merge happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But think, thinking about that, Jared, Survivor seasons in the U.S. are 13 episodes. Aussie Survivor merged on episode 13. That sounds like a lot. 24 episodes. Oh, man, that sounds like a lot. Ooh. That's like that's like not even a fair contest. I mean, <laughs> if if American Survivor did that much runtime like for a season, I feel like I would by default just like it more. I don't know if if U.S. Survivor in its current state had 24 episodes of, of this type of show, I don't. I think I might like it less. I think, I think it has they, to be this type of show, though, because of how many things they have to cram in in such a small amount of time. So I don't think it'd be like that if they doubled the episode length. Like we like these. Well, like so. So Ozzy is more episodes and longer episodes. Yeah. So it's not just one or the other. Yeah, so and that's also so I'm saying what if there I mean. was so like the US would have to change their their game format, which wouldn't be a bad thing. But if they kept this like same sensibility of how they're approaching the game and production and the create and the creative decisions and that was expanded, that, yeah, that would might get me to stop watching U.S. Survivor. (laughs) Yeah. But if they went back to their their heyday or took some cues from Ozzy. So, like, Ozzy, the funny thing is, there was a couple seasons ago where there was too much in terms of the advantage department. And now they've completely swung the other direction. There's, like, there's nothing. There's idols. And I think... I think that's it so far for the season. It's just, there's letting the players cook. And it's incredible. That's all we've been asking for. Are you going to be listening to Jeff Probst's new podcast? No. No? You don't want production insights? Nope. <laughs> no surprise, no. to be honest. No surprise. Jeff, why did we title this episode, I'm so excited to see Jeff? 
one of that will get brought up. That'll be good. Um, all right. So Claire's my winner pick, and you went with went with Franny. Franny. Okay. We'll see how that shakes out. Um, as much fun as we had discussing this episode, I hope the quality of the episodes themselves get better because I feel like I can, I can only have so much fun v- complaining for so long. So we'll see. Hopefully you enjoyed the the rants and the rate the ranting and the raving. Um, and hopefully the show will pick up, but we still have two more cages to discover. So <laughs> yay. We'll see what happens there. Um schedule for this season could be a little up and down in terms of days, just some different things, mostly on my end. Um, some other other things happening, but we'll see. I think next week's gonna be normal but I might be seeing Scream 6 a day early, so that would push it back. We'll see. We'll let you know. Um, Most episodes should be out Thursday mornings as normal, but we will update you as as quickly as we can if and when those change. Um, It's a little kind of remains to be seen maybe week to week, but not to worry about. We'll still be there. Um, You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, at LamaTalkPod on Twitter, at LamaPod on Instagram. Any updates will be there. And you can follow... Catch us on Apple, Spotify, anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can keep up with the season. Even if it's a bad one, we'll be here, I think. I don't think we'll give up. Jared's face was a little, was a little less certain on that, it looked like. <laughs> My silence was deafening. <laughs> deafening. Um, but in any event, we will be here. So for Jared Sundin, this is Matt Hambridge, and we'll see you all next time for another Scoop of the Crispy. Mm-hmm.